I'm your host, Tom Reed, president of GRTR Consulting, and I'm joined by Adam Mitchell, president of Mitchell & Whale, Steve Earle, president of Cheap Insurance, and Jeff Roy, president of Excalibur Insurance. Our first uh, topic is talking about uh, the experience that these three gentlemen had going through their digital transformation. So guys, can I get you to give us a quick history lesson on your firm and maybe we'll start with, uh, with Adam first. What, what made you decide to invest in digital, Adam? Um, I think when we set out, we weren't, we weren't investing with digital. Uh, Jeff just dropped off. Maybe he'll jump back in. Um, so I, I bought the, the brokerage in 2010. I got involved in 2009. And it was just a small brokerage. It was uh, two million in premium and one broker and one receptionist. I think in 2014, 15, we started to get way more leads than we uh, uh, could handle. And at that time, we were in a relationship with lowest rates, and uh, so we had to get into some lead management and training and and trying to get efficient and standardize our process. And so it's really been just a slow evolution of things that we would say make sense. I, we never went out to be digital. We were trying to modernize and get an advantage on our business process. And they happen to look like digital processes or different, um, probably because I didn't know any different. Okay, great. All right, Steve, let's, uh, let's come over to you. I have a, uh, a, long history with uh, traditional brokerage that uh, I've been I worked at since well, the late 90s and another broker like-minded and myself uh, back before the term digital even became the thing we were calling it insurance online and we uh, we beat the bushes looking for uh, for startup money from company from insurance companies um, everybody was willing to give us money uh, but everybody wanted a piece of our existing pie. So we decided to, uh, to do it ourselves uh, to get a minimum viable product out there. Uh, so in 2016, we scraped together enough money to create a new brand because we, we sort of thought it was a different type of customer. There was a, uh, a consumer looking for a digital experience and then a consumer looking for a traditional experience. So when we thought about what do we call it, um, we sort of just called it what people we, we asked a couple hundred people in a survey you know insurance what are you looking for and 83 percent of them or some ridiculous amount just said well i'm looking for cheap insurance so that's what we decided to call the company now we we didn't we decided not to digitize a traditional brokerage partly because there were more partners involved than just ourselves but we were trying to create a, a larger spread um of our basket insofar as the type of customers that we're looking for an experience different than a traditional brokerage. Great, okay, thanks Steve. And I see Jeff has uh, managed to uh, come back on screen now, back. per se, but what made you start to go down the road of uh, digitization? Uh, we just we were a traditional insurance brokerage and uh, the world was changing and we sensed it. Our results, we weren't happy with it. Our growth had flattened. So we needed, we realized we had to do something different. And as Wayne Gresky says, uh, skate where the puck's going. Uh, so we looked at, we saw the trends in other industries and we started applying thinking, why shouldn't we be doing the same thing in insurance? So we started about 2011, kind of on our digital journey. Uh, and uh, it's kind of evolved since then. Uh, you know, we 
kind of layered, you know, we did our brand, we did our website, we started building, you know, lead management systems, we kind of expanded from there. And uh, we felt that it, digital wasn't a new thing, it was just an extension of what was going on everywhere. So we felt with Excalibur's brand that we would just uh, add the, the digital experience on top of it, as opposed to setting up a new entity that seemed to work well for us, uh, you know, when we when we started. Great. That's good. So we've got, you got a bit of a spectrum here. We've got you know, Adam and Jeff who've digitized existing businesses and really just see, are seeing it as an extension of how they do business. Whereas in Steve's case, it is an explicit strategy to go after a different segment of customers. So that's uh, a spectrum, a broad, a broad spectrum, which is great. So um, maybe um, we can talk about, uh, you know, that's the fun stuff. Let's talk about uh, some of the the issues that you may have run into, and Jeff, I'll get you to go first. What was your biggest stumble as you went through your your expansion or transformation process? I think the biggest stumble was getting, first of all, getting traffic, getting leads to come in, and uh, you know, basically just building a process to handle them next. Uh, you know, once you get the floodgates opened up, all the leads in the world aren't going to help you if you can't handle them fast enough. So getting that service protocol, you know, we had not separated sales and service when we started. So we had people writing and servicing, which was a disaster. So one of the things we had to make sure is we pivoted and, and got people specialized in sales, some people in service. But those are probably some of the two biggest challenges that we had uh, starting out of the gate. Adam, do you want to jump in and talk about, um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if that's your biggest stumble, but certainly maybe just give us a quick comment on, uh, on Jeff's experience and then uh, add your own uh, stumble if, if, if you, if you have one. Yeah, they, they were, we could echo exactly those stumbles. Um, I, I would pile on to, well, let me speak to those ones, I guess, for a second first, then I'll pile on some other ones. Um, so we also had a, a massive problem trying to handle leads to give context. We had three salespeople when we were up and going and we had hired a couple. I think it included me, a friend from high school at that time and, and one other. And as things ramped up with, um, I had a relationship with lowest rates we talked about, uh, we had 200 leads a day coming in to three people. And it was like sitting in the middle of a ball pit trying to ask like, which ball did you touch? And I'm like, I don't know, they all look the same. This is just a mess and like, oh, here comes more, great. Like, so we had to, blow up that system and try and find a new way not realizing you make little to no money um, and at the worst times lose a lot of money on the first year of business so the more new business you wrote um, the more money you were losing and every time we jam the gas pedal like the debt would pile on and you also don't have great retention with these clients for a lot of years you don't have great loss ratio with these clients for a lot of years like there's there was a lot of learning curves um, that we didn't see coming. We just, we just thought we were growing a business. We were a little bit different because we were starting with um, a brand new website that had no optimization. So when we launched, uh, we were on page five. And so it was, it was difficult to even get a lead initially. So we started out um, uh, purchasing leads from lowest rates and others uh, in order just to have leads and uh, create activity and some revenue initially until we could get uh, our website SEO up and kicking. Because a, a fresh, brand new website, Google's not gonna put you on page one no matter how great your site is. It's gotta get optimized and it, it takes a long time to work on a site and get it there. So we purchased leads initially 
I think one of the biggest stumbling blocks was uh, our naivety towards um, it's, you can create an amazing digital storefront online um, and what the consumer perceives is uh, a digital experience. But the more that you create that digital experience for the customer, our back shop with our existing BMS and the way our insurers did things was completely analog, if analog. So the storefront's digital. We're trying to make it seem like we're uh, super empowered with all these digital things that we have. Meanwhile, in the back shop, we're hand scanning things and nothing's automated. And the, the technology available to us and the inefficiencies created by, by dealing with these old legacy systems that insurers were on, uh, the amount of resources it took to appear digital, but meantime, your back shop is analog, is we way underestimated the ability to digitize the internal workings of the of the of the brokerage. Uh, what was your biggest surprise as you went through this whole process? Maybe uh, Steve, you want to kick us off? I think the the biggest surprise, uh, other than how inefficient the back shop was, and then the things I just mentioned, um, was the cost. The cost associated with trying to win online. Um, so the all the benchmarks that I've been used to running a traditional brokerage for the last 20 years are gone and I don't know what the new ones are for digital so the cost associated with it the other thing that we majorly um, we shit the bet on was estimating our retention yeah like our retention um, so when we we created our business model and our, our projections and our business plan and all of that we we and not just me as a broker but i have other broker partners they um we estimated 80 percent retention because we thought that really sucked and we knew it would be lower but 80 i mean i'd love to be 80 today <laughs> <laughs> right uh, uh with the digital one so we yeah we and 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 retention is that that's the thing that feeds your bank account year after year after year. So if you come out of the gate thinking you're going to have 80% retention and that's going to build your business over the next five years, you have just messed up your numbers for the next five years. And that leads to the biggest surprise. About how, how much money. do you think that retention had to do with the source of the lead from, from an aggregator? Like had you, have you a great yeah. deal, a great deal. So as soon as, soon as uh, I'm glad you mentioned that Adam because um, I would say that the aggregator helped us get out of the gate with a brand new brand and give yeah. us activity but we had we understood really quickly that we had to get off that crack as fast as possible because um, the retention I mean when you're buying leads and that same party that you purchased leads from is going back to that customer and marketing to them again, and you're losing business to the aggregator that you paid for the business to begin with, um, it just was, was an ideal revenue model. And, well, uh, and they might not be as loyal to your brand because they went and asked Google a question, no. an aggregator helped them find a solution, and all you did is fulfill the order. It's like being loyal to whoever shipped your Amazon product. You don't really don't have any idea who it is. Amazon is the one that found you the product, the reviews. You're like, yeah, that sounds good. You bought it. They manage your payment. Mm -hmm. um, Our organic leads are 10 times as sticky 
as any lead that we could purchase. Hey, loyal listeners, when you hear me say CAS certified, that means that we use them in our agency. Are you a local insurance agent looking to take your business to the next level? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, aka Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. But like in today's world, we use these initials like it's cool because it is. It's hip. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they offer the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing market. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and the guidance you need to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokered Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry? Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions today. Get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com. That's where you learn more, mbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. I can just get a little bit more comment about about that strategy of, of customer acquisition, the source of it? Yeah. Um, so we did the same thing. We had to start up where I think lowest rates wasn't around early days when we started. It was uh, insurance hotline was a selling arm of kinetics at that time. Um, and we bought leads out of there, but same number, same ratio, same losses, all the same struggle. I, I did think it was pretty good. It, it allowed you to, uh, outsource the marketing and that while well, you got yourself into selling shape and sparring shape or you still got to get your whole house in order of how to run it. Um, I, I'm having trouble picking a surprise along this journey because I feel like it's been a decade of surprises daily. It's just never ending. Um, you know, the closing rate was pretty surprising. I think you had to get pretty comfortable at only closing 10% of the business. And that means you had to talk to nine people, get nine no's, to get the one yes, you can go for days without getting a sale in those early days, and it's costly. And what were you? What were you used to? So you're talking about you know a ten percent close from digital leads. What were you just for context? What were you used to in the in the in the, in the old days? We don't have. We didn't have any legacy, or certainly I didn't have any legacy with the business. I came into the business with no other management. Uh, my father had passed away. We never worked together. And so I bought this thing out of the blue and it was just a tiny little business. So I just started building from day one. So I didn't, I didn't know any better. I'm sure there's a hundred things had I known, like ignorance was totally bliss. I just went blazing on down here and, but yeah, it, it burns a ton of money, a ton of resources. You need to build a whole company around it, plan to lose most of the clients. Like you can, you can see numbers at 50% retention uh, over three years. Like that would not be shocking to see only half the clients left after three years. I think the biggest thing you need to, I wish we had to learn a little sooner, but lead metrics of what your cost per click is, you know, how many clicks to get a quote if you're going through pay-per-click and uh, what's your close ratio. And the tough part most people can't track is they can't track where their leads are coming in and they can't attribute a close ratio to that. So they have no idea what their acquisition costs. And when we were using the aggregators early on, we we're $25, $30 a lead. And when we figured out our close ratio, sometimes it's eight to 10%. We're $250 to $300 when you divide the $30 cost by your close ratio, which gives you your acquisition cost. And, if and you're that's paying before you pay for, and you don't pay rent and you haven't paid the 
salesperson that did it and all the other things that go with it. Like, yeah, you're, you're like 400 bucks into that one client. If you don't, if you're going to jump in the digital world, you need to understand the metrics, which Steve has pointed out, Adam, that they, they weren't there. So you had to basically learn, do it. And I think the aggregators are good to stress test your business. Just like right now with COVID, uh, it was the ultimate stress test for your business, trying to figure out how to work from home and work through a bunch of issues that would have taken five years and you did them in three months. Uh, probably the, using the aggregator to buy leads and put a bunch of stuff through it, you learn a lot quickly and you have to fail fast. One okay. other analogy, um, I, I, there's two. Um, so you talked about there's a ton of steps that go into this and I get asked a bunch of times, okay, what led to the success or what helped to do it? I always say it's like trying to ask somebody in fantastic shape, you know, how did you get that six pack? And it's not like one sit up or, oh, I only ate this meal. And it's, it's a bunch of things that go into the whole ecosystem. And the other analogy I'd say is if selling a policy inside a normal brick and mortar shop where you're a staple in the neighborhood, community, whatever, and somebody walks into you, that's way closer to hitting a T-ball, right? It's going to be slow moving. You can take your time. You can hit this. You can position around it. If you're trying to make uh, any volume inside the digital world, like think of it closer to the major leagues. They're going to come across the plate at 100 miles an hour. You better have it on point, ready to go. I think the big thing too is the traditional brokers, they do a great job, but it's hard to scale traditional brokers. Adam says like, great to say I'm a referral broker and I close 80% of referrals, but if you need to generate 800 referrals in a month, most people can't do that. And they don't have the systems to do that. So they're stuck doing a certain amount of turn at that point. So and the other thing is COVID showed that traditional brokers, if you have to walk in the building and you don't have digital aptitude, it's very difficult to service a client. So again, COVID has exposed the digital way kind of thing, right? So. The biggest beast to build was monitoring everything because you don't know what you don't know. So it took us, geez, we're still doing it. Like oh, you yeah. need to watch and have a measurement on every single tiny thing going on in your business. And it takes time to build those because if you don't have the, um, the machine built that you can see everything consistently throughout your brokerage, and be able to turn those little dials to make the adjustments because you're not monitoring, you don't have the analytics, then it's a complete waste of time. If I synthesize what you guys are, are saying, it's, you know, measure, monitor, um, look, you know, look at it on a regular basis to make sure you're measuring, monitoring the things. It, 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 honestly, it, it sounds in some cases like you're, uh, you're making it up as you go along. Is that, uh, is that a fair statement? It is. I don't think anyone's mm -hmm. written the book or shown 10 years of success at this. Like the absolute best in this industry in North America and like this sort of discipline at, at best has like 24 months of a solid pathway and yeah. good luck getting benchmarking out of there's that. No, there's no right way to do a good job as a digital broker, but there are, there's definitely a wrong way. Yeah. So let me, let me, let me get you to sort of lump in the support that you needed and, and and the support you got either from your staff or from your carriers and how does that evolve over time and, and what sort of how did, how did it how did that support appear or not appear um uh, on your on your front on your front doorstep and maybe uh adam i'll get i'll get you to uh to go first here sure i'll i'll throw two um notable help so three points on this I, one is that there's very few players in this industry that, that don't share. 
Like there are some guys that play their cards, guys and girls really close to their chest, but for the most part, the broker community is really open to sharing and you just got to work up the courage to reaching out and asking. Um, I can probably count on one hand how many no's I've had. Most people are willing to share and certainly all the, the leaders in the space are. From a company perspective, um, Tom, you were a part of it in the, the days of uh, Viva, starting their digital garage and their digital consultancy and working with Gavin and some of those teams on a sounding board for how's the website, what should it be doing? And Nick was there at that time, um, Jamie. And uh, they helped us get started into our AdWords campaign and hire our first, um, not consultant, but firm to help us get landing pages, buy some AdWords, get some traffic, convert it. Jeff, I'll, I'll come over to you. Uh, how, you know, maybe a quick uh, feedback on, you, know, you, see, you would have had traditional st staff in a traditional brokerage who essentially got converted to digital, let's say. Um, you know, how was that reaction? And then, you know, who and which, you know, which carrier supported you and, and how, how did they do that? Yeah, I said most of like everybody reacted well. The staff adapted very well. It was change, but everybody realized why we needed to change. And uh, they, they dug in very well. And then we had people prior to that doing service work that were better salespeople. So we didn't have the right people in the right role or the right people in the bus necessarily as well. So it helped everybody do things they like to do. So I think the evolution staff wise was good. And in terms of helping hands, you know, kind of my first exposure to digital was really my mastermind group, Michael McLean's. Uh, UMA group. Uh, he was out of Ottawa, but he had a bunch of brokers from across North America who attended. And I saw them putting unique landing pages up, doing niche marketing. That's when I kind of started seeing the power of, uh, you know, email marketing, uh, websites and all that stuff. Everybody's doing the same type of things, both sides of the border. Everybody's got the same challenges with companies not opening up the APIs, rating. There's a lot of uh, plumbing issues, same problem both sides of the border. So, Steve, I'm going to give you the, uh, the last word here. Again, uh, the question is, you know, how did your staff react? You know, you're a bit younger. You're still going through some of this process, but you know, probably some of the stuff is is uh, more clear. Did you in your say mind. Steve is younger? Is your camera his working? Firm, his, firm, his firm is younger. His okay. firm is younger. Right. You're the youngest, Adam. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> I'll go to the 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 staff at Cheap. We're all brand new, and they a lot of them uh, came to us. Uh, for the reason that they thought we were being, uh, you know, leading edge and that sort of thing. They wanted to be part of a young organization. Um, but I'll, I'll touch on the staff at their traditional brokerage. And there was a lot of apprehension when um, it sort of came about that you're, you're doing what? You're setting up another brokerage to compete against us? And that was sort of tough to wrap their heads around. Um, but again, we went back to them and said, look, there's certain kinds of customers and we're a traditional brokerage. Here's the segment of customer that likes us and we go after. This is different. We're not going to do it with the same brand. We're not going to do it with the same process. There's different customers out there that don't want anything to do with a traditional brokerage. They're looking for a different experience. So they felt a little less threatened that way. Um, insofar as support from insurers, um, it, it was, it was, twofold really on the on the technological side um really little we we asked them to change things all the time and they just couldn't because because uh, of their legacy systems it was like system can't do that steve sorry system can't do that steve oh we're just bound system constraints we'd love to be able to help you but no 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 
but when when we launched the brokerage um we we got contracts from almost everybody even insurers that um our traditional brokerage did have big uh contracts with because they wanted to they were they were refreshed to see um us taking the initiative and that's what they told us so they wanted to support us no volume commitments starting out of the gate fresh contract which you, you never get just because we're doing something a little different and we're going into a new place and they wanted to support us as a more industry support for a brokerage that was trying to think outside the box. That's great. All right, guys, um, that, uh, that wraps up episode number one. Appreciate it. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With MBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with MBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast Certified.